Thanks for joining the Human Resources for Small Business podcast, where we discuss best practices in HR, hot topics, strategy, and employment law changes that have an impact on business. Follow us on our website at www.zeniumhr.com to get access to our articles, alerts, and to listen to other podcast episodes. And now, here's your host, Brandon Laws, with today's episode. Welcome back, everybody. We're here for another podcast interview. I'm Brandon Laws, and with me today, I have two guests, Lacey Halpern, who's been on the podcast many times, and Alfred Duell. Both are HR business partners. Both have been on the podcast before, and we're, we're glad to have them back for a fun and engaging discussion, like always, right? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. So today, we uh, I'm going to lay the groundwork for you. I was participating in a conference through Portland Human Resources Management Association back in May. It's called the Strategic Management Conference. They hold this every year, and they have various speakers in HR, leadership, compensation. And uh, one, of the, one of the sessions, which was called What's Brewing in HR, is presented by Diane Burt Green of MBL Group and Susan Wallen of Bully Welch, both local to the Portland, Oregon area. They uh, did a fantastic presentation, really impressed by it. What I loved about it is they followed up with everybody with the survey. Um, all the participants got a chance to basically talk about what, uh, what unique things are engaging their employees in their workplace. And what Diane Burke Green and Susan Wallen did on the back end was compiled all of these, these things that employers are doing and kind of put them into kind of a top... Uh, 20 list, or I guess there's 24 of them here, and we're going to talk about some of them today. And I, I invited Lacey and Alfred here to talk about uh, what some of the things Zenium's doing, what some of their clients are doing, and what kind of what our opinion is on it. So uh, let, let's kind of dive right in, and um, both of you feel free to jump in anytime. But I want to first talk about number one new hire and stay interviews. I've heard this come up quite a bit. In fact, we did a podcast on the stay interviews, but maybe um, from your perspective, Lacey or Alfred, how are new hire and, and stay interviews playing a role in engagement? Um, they play a role in engagement. It offers an opportunity, one, to check in um, with an employee and talk about how their first 30 days are going, how their first 60 days are going, how their first 90 days are going. Um, and it gives you an offer opportunity to solicit feedback, maybe about their training experience. Um, also an opportunity for you to provide feedback for them in an open forum. Um, it's just great to have that dialogue starting because it lays the groundwork for what could go forward as whether you then start checking in you know, mm-hmm. once a month, once a week, whatever that looks like. But it at least starts the conversation and gets them used to providing feedback and also accepting feedback. So in in cases that you've seen, are, is that pretty much the norm, like they do with every new employee, or and what are they doing for data collection, and how what do they what do they use it for? Yeah, one of the things that I really enjoy is the, the 30, 60, 90-day check-in, and, you know, as a, let's say, person that's checking in with your new hire, you'll offer them maybe a written piece of recognition or a little gift and say, hey, congratulations, you passed your 30 days and you passed your 60 days, you passed your 90 days. I can see how that boosts morale quite a bit. Yeah, boosts morale and also um, 
like I said, it lays the groundwork because then they're like, oh, this is this is cool. This is what I can expect. I like this. I like this. So it's, it's good to just set the tone with that new hire. Yeah, I think historically businesses um, have used exit interviews mm-hmm. to get their feedback. And I think by that time it's too late. Mm-hmm. The employee's either chosen to leave the organization or maybe you're even a company that chooses to do an exit interview on an employee that you terminate. And I think we've all been there and know that the feedback that we're getting from those folks maybe isn't as valuable. We're not at a place where we can uh, usually retain that person. So if you are a growing business, I've got a lot of clients that are in growth mode right now and are looking at how long does it take someone to get acclimated to the job and trying to identify, you know, when is somebody really proficient, who are our really high performing employees and how do we retain those folks. Um, And so trying to find the right time, maybe it's more than 30 days. Um, I think the example that was given in here is that um, their average tenure in a really high high uh, turnover position is about 14 months. So this business chooses to interview people at 11 months. So right before that person has maybe made the decision to start looking for work outside the organization so that it gives you an opportunity to shift things. Going down this, this list that Diane Bergreen and Susan Wallen provided, number three on the list caught my eye, Friday Fun. And the idea was one Friday per month, you do a fun event. Um, the example given was like do a beanbag toss tournament. Uh, tri- we've done Friday trivia here at Zenium. Um, right. What other ideas? I mean, that stuck out to me as kind of a fun way to just get away from the day-to-day grind and uh, get the employees just smiling and laughing, which they should be doing anyways, but... Sometimes you need a little fun and engagement once in a while. Yeah, I think when it comes from the leadership team, too. So our Friday trivia started with Susie, our director of uh, training and development, starting that initiative. So to see somebody in a leadership role taking five minutes to do something silly, I think, at least for me in particular, empowered me to, to say, you know what, I can take five minutes and step away from my desk and engage in a conversation with a coworker. I have a client that has a foosball table <laughs> at their office and they don't just do it on Fridays. I mean, they even have people that are coming in to apply for jobs while they're waiting for the interviewer to come. Like they've got people coming up and saying, Hey, do you want to play a game of foosball to loosen the applicant up and get them acclimated to the culture that that particular client has? So I think just use the things that you have around you and, um, you know, ask your employees, like what would be fun? Even if it's just 30 minutes, um, everybody going on a walk at lunch, things like that can make a huge well, difference. Let me ask you guys this. What would you want to see? Put you on the spot. Wow. It, it's just really a non-business related activity. It I think really that, th- that's the key part of it. Um, <clears throat> particularly on a Friday is probably your day that people are least engaged at work. It's the end of the work week, beginning of the weekend. It's, you know, possibly someone's gone on vacation the next week. So like I said, they're not necessarily checked out, but it's they're the least engaged that they're going to be all week. And to take that break to do something non-business mm-hmm. related, it gives them permission like, okay, this is my 10, 15 minutes to be silly, maybe get it out, and then come back and, and refocus back on work. Um, what would I like to see? Maybe something fun, like, you know, businesses sometimes have casual Fridays. So having a themed casual Friday could be fun. That would be fun. I, I had an employer that did um, 80s day on hmm. on a uh, Friday. Yeah. So everyone came dressed as like 80s. Yeah. It was it was I a good I love it because and... what, you, what you get to do out of that is laugh at other people. Exactly. So you're laughing at yourself because you probably look like a fool. Right. Because, you know, 
we're in <laughs> it's 2014. <laughs> we're not in the 80s. Right. I, lo- I love 80s dress, but yeah. you get to laugh at yourself for, for dressing in the 80s, and you get to laugh at other people, and I think that would be a fun and engaging way. I think you're totally right. Yeah. I remember years ago we did here at The Office, just to get away for 30 minutes, we, we'd actually put on the show The Office, and because we're in a professional environment, right. you know, we could draw some parallels between what we're doing in the office environment here and that show, and it was just, we'd go in the conference room, and whoever wanted to come could come, and you know, bring your lunch or snacks or whatever, and it was a good way to break up the day. So let's keep moving. Uh, number six, I thought was kind of interesting because um, in a professional environment and other companies out there, meeting heavy, right? You're you're in meetings constantly, but this idea of huddles, having regular huddles like stand up meetings or just ways to get together and share ideas, I thought that was kind of an interesting uh, way to be get all the employees heard. What do you mm-hmm. think about that? I agree. We do something like that at, at Denium, too, uh, as part of our new client onboarding process. They do a morning huddle. I don't think they actually call it a huddle, but they're standing around a whiteboard sharing ideas and making plans for the onboarding process to make sure that it's successful for our new clients. I have some clients that uh, incorporate into their stand-up meetings um, giving kudos to each other. So not only are they sharing the news and the updates, but they're including acknowledgments of employees, like in real time, out loud, face-to-face, which I think can have a really great impact on morale and uh, team building. So I'd like to see that. And it's been great to be a part of some of those meetings. It's it's also a good way to refocus everything on the business and what your key objectives are, particularly if you're trying to drive some type of change or you know, your focus for the year is going to be employee engagement or it's going to be um, getting everyone engaged into profitability and understanding their role in driving profit. It's a good way just to bring it all back there mm-hmm. at that moment. And it's just the more you can communicate these things, the better results you're going to see throughout the year. I think it's also a good way to get employees who aren't typically involved in committees or as part of a bigger team where they're not in meetings all the time somebody who may be isolated, if they're able to do participate in these huddles every once in a while, then I think that includes people who aren't normally included quite a bit more. Uh, so that I like the idea just for that reason alone is to get everybody together, uh, sharing feedback, ideas, uh, recognition. Mm-hmm. I think those are all great yeah. things. Let's skip to number 15 on the list and because we're so professional development heavy here at Zenium. We, we all care about it. Uh, it's part of our, the Zenium promise that we put together, which is our, our set of values. The idea was um, basically have a, a list of resources, whether it's CDs, DVDs, podcasts, uh, could be online course, those sort of things. What do you think about like for employers to, to provide those readily? What do, you, what do you think about that? I think that's a great idea. And something that we just started an initiative here at Zenium is to... Um, evaluate the maybe top four topics that people are the most interested in. So our Excite team, which is our sort of employee satisfaction committee, um, or fun committee. Culture committee. Culture committee, right. Um, We put together a list of like 15 different ideas, things like wellness and happiness and finance and um, just a whole variety of different topics that we thought we could get content on. Um, put out a survey to the team to say who would be interested in receiving information about these topics and what are your favorite topics. And then our goal is to be able to put out information and maybe even have some type of internal 
um, electronic media to share the information. So whether it's TED Talks or articles or um, books that people have read with book reports so that people kind of have an idea of what they're, they're getting into. I think any opportunity that a company has to share learning, not just job-specific learning, but life skills things too, where somebody can take the personal development piece um, as part of it, I think is great. Yeah, and the investment for the business from a monetary standpoint is fairly low in those things because um, they can be reused. If it's a TED Talk, it's sending out a link something like that it's anything that can add value to the employment relationship that's going to overall you know make the business better it's you know man i love my employer because i got all these cool things that i have access to and you know the more that you have people saying i love my employer Mm -hmm. i mean you just Imagine how much more productivity is going to increase. Yeah. And I know this this one, the point was really online learning, but I think the learning stretches way far beyond that. I mean, as any, we have the the book club, right. which you're not just getting the the education from reading the book, but you're you're pooling the knowledge and ideas within the whole group. So the mm-hmm. discussion is is huge. Having an employer that gives you access to something like that, I think, is very valuable and engages me as an employee. Uh, the other thing, just going along the lines of books and audio tapes, uh, like we have a library that you can check out a book, but if you submit a summary, you actually get, I think it's 10 or 15 bucks for submitting a summary after reading the book. So I think it provides an incentive to, for one, read the book and develop professionally. And if you're going to read anyways, then it's just an added bonus. So I, I love that idea. And just learning in general, I think it's a it's a great idea for any employer to try to engage their employees that way. And I'm sure there's so many other creative ways that employers can implement. Yeah, the easier that the information is to access, the more likely the employees are going to be to mm-hmm. take advantage of it. Yeah. And you feel like your employer is investing in you by making those things available. And it would be great if if you could be the employer that's got people lining up around the block to come to work for you. So I think that's just another added way to do it. I love number 17 on this list, and it's uh, having employees present workshops in their area of expertise. And I've, I've actually had uh, a personal example of this uh, years past, and also recently I went to our senior leadership team and I said, hey, you know, we haven't brought anybody in for Excel training recently or uh, personal branding on LinkedIn. And those are my areas of expertise. And I'm like, why not? Let's, let's develop an employee workshop that uh, if they want to come and learn about personal branding on LinkedIn and what to share, what not to share, and or even, hey, we need to learn about formulas in Excel or using pivot tables. Those are things I can bring to the table that you don't have to hire somebody outside. It's a win-win. You save money, but you also get me engaged as an employee because I'm, I'm teaching my peers how to use something that may not be um, experts in. What do you guys think about that? I know, Lacey, you have experience. Yeah, I did that before I was at Zenium. I worked for our sister company, Express Employment Professionals, and did training for some of the sales folks when I was there and have done some internal trainings here at Zenium. We also have um, our our group. It's called Zen Talks. It's a um, group of us that get together every month to practice our public speaking skills. And um, I think that's been a great opportunity for me to work on how I come across. I think it's more difficult to present in front of your peers, especially for me, than it is to talk in front of clients or a group of people that I i don't even know. So to have the opportunity to tweak our skills and, and do that in front of one another has been great. And it's actually an, an internal person, Molly Kelly on our team, that leads that discussion. So she's got a wealth of knowledge about training and presentation skills and 
it's nice to be able to learn from somebody internally and then have that resource available. So even like you said, Bren, the Excel training, I am, you know, definitely not an Excel person, but I know now that you absolutely have the skill. So if I have a question, we've got somebody internally and we know who the resource is. And most of the times when someone's an expertise in something, it's something they really enjoy doing. Right. <clears throat> and to be able to have the opportunity to present to someone something that you're passionate about, it just feels good to you. Yeah. And it gives you value at work. And mm-hmm. like you said, to have that as a resource, it feels pretty good when someone comes and asks me about something like, hey, I know that you are good at this, or I know you've done this. Do you mind come showing me for a second? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, no problem. It's, yeah, just it's a feel good thing. Right, and we at Zenium, we've got a culture of people that want to help. That's what we do. That's what we're in business for is to help um, the clients that we work with and each other. So I think it just adds to like I don't think the purpose of you know having you show everybody about Excel it wasn't to further the culture, but it was an activity that ended up doing that anyways. Absolutely. Well, we're running short on time, but I want to talk about two more. So uh, number 19 is clearly defined mentor programs. At Zenium, we actually launched a mentor program, uh, gosh, it's been almost two years now Mm -hmm. at this point. Uh, Ironically, I'm just published, or I'm about to publish uh, a blog post all about a mentorship program that specifically that Zenium launched and about my personal experience in it. So uh, for listeners out there that want uh, more information on that, feel free to go to the blog at zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and you'll find it there. But from your perspective, mentor programs, are your clients doing it? What, what are you hearing out there and, and why? what is the purpose? Every purpose is probably different. Why they're launching a mentor program? I have clients that do mentor buddy programs. Mm-hmm. I think a few reasons. One, it allows a junior person to have experience either with a more senior person in their field or get some experience maybe in a different department um, that helps with maybe their career goals. And then it also adds value and supports the person that becomes a mentor who's maybe working on their supervisory skills and maybe doesn't have direct reports, or maybe they do and they want to have an opportunity to share their expertise to somebody who's maybe not directly reporting to them. Um, I don't think that they have to be quite as structured as the manager-employee relationship, so it adds some flexibility um, there. I think it can be really beneficial. I've participated in Arzenium One as a mentor and as Mm -hmm. a mentee the whole time, and it's been a great experience. I've learned a lot, and um, I don't want to have a new mentor. I'm just having a really good time with um, good having the monthly meetings. I'm sure they appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, and with that relationship, it's great because it's dri- most of the time driven by the employee. It's like, I own my development. And so, you know, I'm going to ask someone to ask and say, hey, will you mentor me? Mm-hmm. And then sometimes the conversations are, you know, that mentor sitting down with their mentee and saying, so what do you want to talk about? And it adds some accountability for things that that person wants to work on, which is accountability is always a great thing. Um, And, you know, there's just time dedicated to that employee where they're able to sit down and um, maybe talk about how their professional life is crossing into their personal life. Because most of the time, you know, you have an opportunity in one area. It's an opportunity in every area. And you really get to develop some strong, close personal bonds uh, that go beyond just the walls of, of the brick and mortar. 
I wanted to wrap up by talking about uh, number 23 on this list, and it was the idea of um, there's a company locally here called Ruby Receptionist, and they've been known for having a great culture. They have something called a wow station. I actually I was never familiar with it until I read this. I've heard other people talk about it. Lacey, I think you are um, very familiar with this, so maybe give listeners an idea of what it is and how what, what the purpose of it is. Yeah, I've never seen it, but I've heard great things about it. So my understanding is that it's a, an area in the, inside of the business where employees can go um, and there's a gift wrap and cards and uh, you know uh, bags and all the things that you would need to give someone either internally, like another employee, a gift or send something to a client. So the postage is right there. They also have an Amazon account that the employees all have access to and they can go in there, sort of no questions asked. I'm not sure if they've got limits on it and how it works, but they're totally empowered to take care of each other and their clients. And it's sort of like um, you know, the, the knowledge-based learning that we were just talking about. It's like if you make it accessible for people, they're more apt to do it. So by making this gift station, this wow station available for people to use, they're out there taking care of their clients. I actually have a client that used them, and um, their uh, their person at Ruby Receptionist ended up sending them this um, cardboard uh, Star Wars character cutout That's because right. it was it was really um, it's kind of how this particular company's culture was, and just took the time to do it. Went on, ordered it, sent it over to them. They still have it there on their bio page. They've got this this character as a set up sort of like as an employee of the company and. It's great. Like, I can t- take a personal touch and send something to a client. And, uh, you know, giving employees the ability to do it and put it on an expense report is one thing, but just making it that accessible, I think that their employees are probably doing it more frequently, and their client retention is very yeah. high, and their employee retention that's is the, high. That's the thing that's fascinating me about a program like this on the service. You're like, oh, it's just a, kind of a client recognition program. So it's great for marketing. It's great for sales. It probably uh, keeps their clients because, um, you know, great customer service and all that. But... It's, a, it's really a culture thing, too. So if the employees feel empowered to do something like that, then think about the level of trust that the leadership has with all the employees to do something like that. I think that's amazing. I wonder what it does to their culture. I'm sure it works wonders on it. Yeah, Ruby Receptionist is usually on the 100 best employers um, that comes out every year. So they're doing something right. I think that's just a small piece of some of the cool things that they're doing over there. Well, I want to thank you guys for for coming on and and discussing some of these things. Um, I'll try to put a link up. I don't think this is published online anywhere, but maybe I can get them to um, give me access to all the information and and publish it for everybody to see because I think it's worth reading through. But I encourage folks to to jump on our blog and and to talk about some of the things that your company is doing to engage employees. I think it's worthwhile to share some ideas uh, with each other. And of course, we'll we'll share ideas as as we come up with new ones. But Lacey Halpern, Alfred Duell, thank you both for being on the podcast today. Appreciate it. Thanks, Brandon. Thank you. This podcast is produced by Zenium Resources, Inc., all rights reserved. For information on guests or for interview requests, please visit www.zeniumhr.com or email info at zeniumhr.com. Everything on this show should be considered educational and informational only and not personal advice. 
Please consult with the appropriate tax, legal, or business professional for individualized advice.